Next on BYU Sports Nation, another unexpected conference loss for BYU Hoops, but all is not lost. Scoff all you want. Here we go again. Blaine Fowler joins us to tell us what BYU has to do in the next eight games. Hey, buckle up. The tourney train's leaving in a hurry. (laughs) Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work and live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, January 26th, wherever and however you're dialed in, always glad to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with a third-string choreographer for Disney's New live action, Beauty and the Beast. His name is Jerem Jordan. <laughs> we were just talking about how Emma Watson is going to be Belle in that, and I was like, nailed it! Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the that perfect That is the pick. perfect casting role. And now we're talking about Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> what happened to BYU against San Diego? <laughs> Hashtag Angela Lansbury. <laughs> nice. By the way, you have 100% full on your DVR, dude. You need, yeah. If you want to record Disney's live action Beauty and the Beast, you need to watch some movies and make some space. I watched Braveheart uh, over the weekend. I forgot how good that movie is. Mel Gibson. From, from on AMC. Yeah. Uh, One of his better amazing. moments. Back when Mel Gibson was cool. One of his better moments, for sure. Prior to some weird comments. The conversation alive and well, 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and be a part of BYU Sports Nation. I'm almost overwhelmed by your energy this morning. You've got to bring I'm, it on a Monday after a loss at San Diego. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm having a hard time. Where will BYU Hoops be come Selection Sunday? Mm. Not physically. This but is a what, fun question because some of you are... Some of you are answering this literally. Did they get into? <laughs> in Dave Rose's basement, <laughs> yeah. watching Selection Sunday. Sunday school Again. classes. Yeah, well, where will BYU Hoops be on Shaving Selection Matt Sunday? Carlino's head. Literally or figuratively. At Chad underscore F14 says, every game they lost has been frustratingly close. Yes. Isn't that weird? All by seven they points or less. They haven't lost, yeah, a game by more than seven. But they have what it takes to win the rest of the WCC games. Even Gonzaga? He says, bring it! Hashtag believe. Okay. Well, there is the optimistic outlook and answer for that question. Here are your BYU Sports Nation. That guy would be your best friend, man. Absolutely. Come on on down, Chad. (laughs) Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. What's going on on this Monday? We mentioned the loss to San Diego by BYU men's basketball. They are no longer being mentioned in Joe Lunardi's bracketology. That's nothing new. They were in the same place last year. About this time of Look year. Look at you, dude. Okay? Here, it, Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. JS, bro. I've heard it all before. There's no way they're dead, man. NIT is, like, questionable. Oh, my. Stop. I'll give you the other angle of that with the blue goggles as well in a, in a minute. Oh, oh, you will. Yes, I will. Can't That's wait for that. Tease. Can't wait for that. BYU women's basketball beats San Diego on Saturday. Assistant coach Dan Nielsen crediting the BYU Sports Nation karma he received from you. And who was your guest host that day? Was it Michael Elisa or was on it? On Thursday? David Nick. Oh, it was Michael Elisa. Michael Elisa. Yeah. I think. Go. I can't remember. I'll leave. It was a long week. Whoever it was. It was a fun week. BYU was volleyball. Oh, it was, it was Wednesday. That's okay. the voice in my ear. BYU volleyball splits the weekend. But boy, it went to five sets for them to get that done on the road against the number eight team in the country. Hey, you'll take it. BYU now 3-1 and one in MPSF play. They host UC San Diego Friday night. On BYU TV. Championship reunion for the 1984 football team. Lavelle Edwards meeting up with, uh, I believe, around 30 members of that 1984 team. 
Awesome. That was a great season, wasn't it? The greatest team in BYU history <laughs> in any sport. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. All aboard! All right, here we go. Nine seconds remaining. Here's Collinsworth. Coke cuts him off. Collinsworth drives against Coke. Can't get it to go. Follow misses. Rebound Jacobs. Foul. And the clock shows point four seconds. I know what most of you are thinking. Spencer, stop. No. Yes, I am thinking that. Nope. I will not do that. <laughs> BYU drops the second consecutive West Coast Conference game, losing at San Diego 77-74. The Cougs now 15-7 and overall, 5-4 and in the West Coast Conference. Tied for third with Pepperdine and, and wait for it. Santa Clara? That is correct. What? They're still doing stuff? They drop still playing games? 10 spots, BYU does, in the RPI to number 62. Their resume? Yeah, not great. They have one quality win against Stanford. Two bad losses, meaning sub-150 RPI losses against Pepperdine and San Diego. Their record against the top 50, 1-4. and four. But there is opportunity that lies ahead. We'll get to that in a minute. I just want to know how you feel right now, Jaron. This is how I felt. <laughs> Me and that girl, yeah. (laughs) I am so frustrated. I am so frustrated because I think that BYU can be a good team. They were a good team. They've lost three of five, but they've lost games to teams they shouldn't lose to. You shouldn't lose to San Diego, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Ah! 77. San Diego scored 77 points versus BYU. Why is that significant? That's 18 more than their previous high in a conference game this year and 22 more than their WCC average. Oh, How did that happen? BYU did not play good defense. The bigger question for me is, how does BYU get in the NCAA tournament? I have a scenario, but look, BYU is on a crash course for the NIT. They're headed straight for it, headfirst, diving into the NIT, unless they get a miracle in the final Nine regular season games, and then in Vegas. Here's a scenario that I think we both agree on. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes, but it's small. There's a chance. We could sit here in six weeks and be on semifinal Monday and say, man, BYU got here and they've got a shot to get in the NCAA tournament. It could happen. But, but, when you lose games against San Diego, you hang with some other teams close, you lose to Pepperdine, chances are you're not going to do this. And you don't have Nate Austin. That's just a fact. BYU doesn't have Nate Austin. It's like when you lost... Taste Mill, Jamal Williams. Not to the same degree, of course. That would be Tyler or Kyle. But you don't have him. He's not coming back for who knows how long. I'm just, I've just penciled him kind of out until he actually shows up. Final nine regular season games. You win the next eight. You don't have to win in Spokane, per se, although that would be huge. Ah. I, just, I don't see BYU beating Gonzaga. I just don't. They're t- who's going to beat Gonzaga? Okay, here's, I see Gonzaga going to the final four, for goodness sake. Here's the thing. Uh, I know, and I know a lot of you are like, Spencer, okay, it's not all sunshine and happiness. I know. It's quite cloudy. Losing to San Diego made things awfully cloudy. But what I am saying is it's way too early to right now, at this moment in time, say there is no way that That, BYU makes the NCAA tournament. I agree with you on that. I heard that from so many people. The window is really small now. On Saturday, you know, like, yeah, I get it. The, the margin of error has now become very, very small. 
I don't blame you for hanging on to hope. I just want to look at it for what it is, which is, is BYU going to win the next eight games, which is what I think they have to do. Can they do that? Yes. They yes. have every Will bit they? of the talent to do that. Yes, absolutely. Will they? Probably not. It's, They're going to have to need right. something crazy. You're, you're right. It is unlikely. They have to play great defense. But it was unlikely last year for them to go on the run they did late season. This is essentially the same team replacing Chase Fisher for Matt Carlino. Okay, And you have Anson Winder who's playing better. So I don't think the Carlino thing is a wash. This is like the same team. People are like, well, what about Eric Mika? Okay, BYU's scoring. They're scoring That's more points. That's been a huge scoring difference. Scoring more points than any other team in the country. Okay, without Eric Mika. Okay, so I feel like there's kind of a wash there too. Yes, it's just, it just, I don't want to do this again. Like, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable in this position again going, all right, BYU needs a heck of a run at the end. Why? Why did BYU lose to Pepperdine? Why did BYU lose to San Diego? These are inexcusable things. BYU's gone to a lesser conference and been worse as a basketball team. And that's been frustrating. They've still made the tournament uh, twice out of the last three years. But now you're in a situation again, like two years ago, where you feel like, wow, you're, prob- you're probably... Right now, BYU's totally out. BYU's out. But the tournament doesn't start for a couple weeks. In exactly. fact, it doesn't start for... Seven weeks. The opportunity is there. And to echo what you were just saying. Seven weeks still. Get to 25 wins and BYU can feel confident. Why 25? TeamRankings.com has now upped BYU's percentage chance of making the tournament from 91 to 95 if they can get to 25 wins. They have 15 right now. That means... They have to go eight and one. They got to win eight of the next nine to close out the regular season and get to the WCC tournament. You'd final. have 25 wins in that situation. You'd have two wins likely over St. Mary's. The good thing is, uh, right now, BYU is still in a tie for third. Pepperdine has not uh, kept up the pace. They have hung with BYU, kind of lost a couple like the Cougars. And Santa Clara, like you mentioned, tied for third. BYU can't go into Vegas and be the four and have any shot at the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. Because I don't see a team not named Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, winning the WCC tournament in Vegas. BYU had three top 50 RPI, t- RPI wins last year. They have one what, now. They have one right now. They had three Stanford? last year. Stanford. They had Stanford, Texas, and Gonzaga last year. St. Mary's was not a top 50 team. They are, are they? right now. I don't think they will be by the they end. Maybe they will be. They are right now. Okay. See, I think it's clear Gonzaga, clear St. Mary's, and then it's a battle for third with Pepperdine. Santa Clara is going to fade. They're not going <sighs> to hang there. Okay, BYU is 20 points better than Santa Clara. What we're, say- what we're saying is BYU can win 25 games without having to beat Gonzaga. Is it- yes. And that would be quite the thing. That's huge. To beat everybody. I mean, look out, microphone. To beat St. Mary's at home would be significant. Now, if BYU can win the next four. They play San Francisco Thursday night at like 2 a.m. Just kidding, 11 Eastern. It's going to be so <laughs> late again. Santa Clara Saturday night. That one's on BYU TV. The next week at Pepperdine. That's a huge game. At LMU, you lost those games last year. You lost to Pepperdine this year. You, LMU hung with you in Provo, so those are challenging games. If you can go 4-0 and then have four to go, or uh, the other four to go with St. Mary's at home, you win that. The conference now is weird. Won, now you've won five in a row. Now you're confident. You beat Pepperdine and St. Mary's. Now you're threatening for the two seed. You're probably not going to get it, but you're feeling good. BYU, I could see a scenario. I can see a scenario where BYU wins the next eight. It's going to be yes. tough, but I could see it. They're, they have they have the capability. We're hanging on okay? to the cliff, though. It's not like, yes. well, you know, you can drop a few here. And remember my whole, like, non-Gonzaga losses? Blah, blah. BYU's done. They're at the edge. Like, they can't lose another what, non-Gonzaga What I'm saying is all. some people have already, have already thrown BYU off the edge. Yeah, that's, Tournament trade's gone. No chance. No, there is a chance. That, 
and we're, we're discussing two different things here. We're discussing the best-case scenario and what's likely. The best-case scenario is, hey, BYU gets 25 wins, doesn't beat Gonzaga. Wait, wouldn't they beat Gonzaga? I just, I just don't see it. I, Gonzaga's really good. Okay. They're well, really good. You know who believes? Tyler Hawes. On his way to making BYU basketball history, Tyler Hawes is chasing Jimmer on BYU Sports Nation. 163. Surprised he didn't knock anything off the set there. Tyler Hawes is 163 points away from passing Jimmer for that to becoming the greatest scorer in BYU basketball history. He is 30 points from tying Danny Ainge, 31 from becoming number two. He could do that in the next game against San Francisco, who just lost to Loyola Marymount. The Dons beat Pepperdine before that. The conference is really weird this year. Okay. How does San Francisco handle Pepperdine, pretty good team, and then lose to Loyola Marymount? Like, there, there are a bunch of teams like right around the same area this year. It sounds like the, these that I missed, San Diego State and UNLV. Yes. Understandably. We're talking about Pepperdine and LMU. Even, even and Wyoming right now. Wyoming. I miss you, Wyoming. Colorado State. By the way, Tyler Hawes only needs 18.1 points per game, the final nine, to set the record in the regular season. He's going to do it. I hope he does it. During one of the three home games, uh, three of the last five home games. He's going to do If he it. does it on the road, that's going to be not as awesome. He's going to go into beast mode. You know what? Uh, he's going to go into that forget you I, mode. I really, whatever. <laughs> Thank you for editing what Bill Simmons would say. Yes. <laughs> I, I, really, I really think Tyler Haas is going to go to the next level. Were you, you going to read his quote or yeah. did you read his quote? No, I have not read his quote Let's yet. Read the quote, dude. Okay, listen, listen to this. After the game, Tyler Haas, quote, This is kind of a turning point for us. We've got to decide how this season's going to go. We have some things to fix and address, and we're going to do it. We're going to turn it around. That was in the Deseret News. I believe believe him. And And the thing that needs to change the most is defense. Yes. And we'll ask Blaine Fowler what he thinks. And it's really, to us, become about the next eight games. It really becomes about the next game. I, I yeah. hate taking it one game at a time because I want to look, I want to see the goal uh, at the very end while I get there. But it's about the next eight games, really. And that, uh, BYU and Gonzaga, that would be an incredible win. That would change a lot for BYU. If that doesn't happen, try and win the next eight. BYU is capable of winning the next eight and could do it. It's going to be hard, but they could do it. Can Tyler Hawes and Kyle Collinsworth take this team over? And even more they so, need more than that. even more they so defensively, more. can they rally this team? Can those two rally the other guys? I think they can. They're going to need to do it. I think that they can. And it's it's all in. You've got to have a huge team effort from everyone. You can't you can't have guys taking off nights. When Chase Fisher has an off night, BYU struggles. Yeah, he's that third guy. He's the Y factor on this team. He needs he needs to play better. Where will BYU hoops become Selection Sunday? Let's go to the Twitter machine. <laughs> It's winter time. At BYU Jesse, BYU will be in the NIT unless they upset Gonzaga and make a strong run in the conference tournament. That is the common denominator that I saw on Saturday from most fans. Like, well, now we got to beat Gonzaga. No, we just explained to you that BYU can get to 25 wins, which there's, there's just no way BYU does not get into the NCAA tournament if they win 25 games. They I, can do it without beating Gonzaga. I think there's a way BYU wins 25 and doesn't get in. Uh, due to the lack of quality wins, a few more bad losses than they need. I could see it happening. I mean, on Selection Sunday, regardless of what happens for BYU, even 
even if you play out the scenario, which we said, I think you're still a little nervous. Because even then, BYU, what seed uh, are you getting if you get it? You know, but you'll feel better on Selection Sunday. At Gibby2820. In the NIT, even though this is a more talented team than last year, we had this discussion early in the season. Which BYU basketball team is more talented, this year's or last year's at, with Eric Mika and at, Matt Carlino? At the time, it was easily this year's, the way they were playing. They were 14-3. and three, had just come off the weekend sweep of San Francisco, Santa Clara, put up 99 on the road. Uh, things cha- perspective changes. I'm not, I'm not quite sure right now. Uh, and along the, along the lines of our Twitter question, BYU Sports Nation just tweeted this out. Are you all aboard with Spencer Linton or not on the BYU Sports Nation, BYU Attorney Train? <laughs> Favorite all aboard, if you're all aboard, retweet if you're not on the train. Listen, listen. I heard it all and, more, <laughs> and even more so you're, last year. You were Captain Positive, dude. So people like see, see the light and they just attack, man. They don't agree. <laughs> Including myself. The mass exodus from the tournament train was quite palpable. <laughs> I felt it last For year. Feeling it again this year. Believe, baby. Blaine Fowler joins us next. Does he believe in the tourney train? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation and join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, coming up in a little under a week and a half, February 4th, we have football signing day live on BYU TV. No one will cover it like we do. Noon Eastern, BYU Sports Nation, regular time. Uh, we'll be updating you as the signees come in via the fax, which is still a thing in 2015. At 3 Eastern, BYUtv.org has the live press conference with Bronco Mendenhall. And then at 4 Eastern, we have a special BYU Sports Nation with Bronco Mendenhall in studio breaking down all the high school signees, transfers, uh, JUCO guys, return missionaries. You'll see video of those guys as well. Check it out. February 4th starts at noon Eastern on BYU TV. I'm, I'm super stoked about signing yes. day, by the way. I and love it. And your energy level on this Monday is now where it needs to be. Okay? It's well, now well, where it I'm, needs to be. Because we're not talking about hoops that I'm depressed <laughs> about right now. You know, I'm, you know, I think I'm super energized after a loss. I'm almost healthy for the first time in like two months. Can you share that healthiness with Nate Austin, please? I'm, gonna, I'm hoping so, man. Boy, do the Cougars miss him. Our Twitter question today, where will BYU hoops be come Selection Sunday? You can answer that figuratively, literally, in tournament terms. We would prefer that you answer it in, in tournament terms. Spiritually. And that's where we'll start with our good friend Blaine Fowler, who hopefully is still healthy. Blaine, how you feeling today? I'm healthy, which is good. And, and I got a good workout in early this morning, so I'm ready to go, and my hamstrings are fine. Awesome. Okay, uh, now you need to share some of that with Nate Austin. Let's start with you on the Twitter question, Blaine. Where will the Cougars be on Selection Sunday when it comes from a tournament, or when you look at it from a tournament standpoint? Honestly, guys, I'm, I'm nervous for them right now. Um, and I know that everybody says they're in the same position they were at the same time last year. But remember, the, the – they had a better record than is even possible um, right now against St. Mary's and Gonzaga. And, and St. Mary's, from an RPI perspective, they're, they're not great this year. So uh, Gonzaga is lights out in terms of RPI and BPI and all those things. Um, you know, they're, they're seven, around six or seven in most RPI things. And, and the power index, they're at anywhere from four to two. So if they could get a win at Gonzaga – that changes everything, but how likely is that? 
And I would expect them to get a win against St. Mary's, but St. Mary's is like they're in the 50s, high 50s in terms of RPI. So, um, and so that's, that's a little scary for me right now. So what do I think they need to do between now and then? I think they, to, to, make, to make them a strong case, I think they need to win all of their games with the exception of the road game at Gonzaga at the end of the season. Here's the good they, news, Blaine. Here's the good news. Okay, You're right. St. Mary's was high 50s. It has just been updated as of this morning. St. Mary's 47 in the RPI poll last I saw. So that, so has, that has to help, right? That, that helps, but I sure would like them under 30. Like if they were a top, they were a top 30 team and BYU beats them at home, I mean, Stanford's still helping BYU in a big way. You know yes. what I mean? They're still, they're still maintaining that RPI. They're a top 30 RPI team or right around 30. So that, that's, a, that's a great one. So it would really, really help them if St. Mary's can stay there and then when they play them at home, get a win against them, that would give them another quality win. They have some quality losses. We know that, some close quality losses. But I, I still feel like that they've got to go. I think they need to be 25-9 and, and, and at worst 24-10. and 10. So that's saying that they need to win out, with the exception of Gonzaga, get into the tournament, get to the final, and then maybe lose to Gonzaga again. And to me, they want to play the Zags in the final because they're going. Gonzaga's going. If somebody else wins that thing, St. Mary's or anybody, a surprise team. No one else is winning um, it. Yeah, they won't. I think, I think the Zags are just so head and shoulders above everybody else in the league this year. So, so they need to advance and play the Zags in the final. And, and so they need to have that three seed. they got to get that three seed. And, and I believe that if they win out to that point, they'll have the three seed. Um, and with a three seed, they go in there, they play St. Mary's in the semis, um, and then they play the Zags in the finals. Then I think they're okay. Um, last year, they also had a number of teams in front of them uh, do what they needed to do. They didn't have a lot of surprise, upset winners of conference tournaments last year, and that helped BYU. Uh, and I think we were all surprised at how high a seed BYU was last year. Oh, everybody, I yeah. I was surprised, but but that's what I think needs to be done. So I, uh, I'm worried. I'm very worried because I think they have a tall task in front of them. Do I think they can do it? Yes, I think they can. Can they get to 24 and 10 or 25 and 9? I think they can get to 25 and 9 and play in the tournament finals, but but they can't have any more lapses down the stretch. And I, I like their home schedule. I like who they play at home. I, I like that they're going on the road to to Pepperdine and to Loyola. I think that they can win there. You know, they have St. Mary's in, and uh, and Pacific at home and, and San Diego at home, who caused them problems down there. Um, so at Portland is a tough one, and and at Gonzaga is a tough one. Then the season, but I. I feel like they can get to the point we need them to get to where they would be a strong candidate for the tournament again. But the league's not going to get more than two this year, so they need to play the Zags in the final. Yeah, it's tough when you uh, – I agree with you, and we think the same exact scenario, which is win the next day. You don't, you don't have to beat Gonzaga. I think you need to be competitive uh, and, then, yeah. and then get to the WCC title game. That's going to be tough, uh, especially the way BYU's played up to this point. And but, still with no Nate Austin. And still with no Nate Austin, which I'm – just over because he hasn't played in almost seven weeks. So what does BYU have to do in the next eight to win the next eight? Well, yeah, you hate to put pressure on one guy, and I'm certain that you guys have talked um, about the impact that Fisher has on what they're doing. But if you look at their wins and losses, if he shoots over 40%, they win. You know? if, if he struggles, they lose. They're 2-7 two two and seven. Seven with him under 40, right? And, and if you take the wins, you take BYU's wins – He's like 51% in their wins. 
Yeah. He's like 27% in their losses. Then you take Anson and you take Skyler and you take Tyler and you take Kyle. Their numbers are pretty consistent from game to game. The big swing guy has been Chase. Now, you hate to put that much pressure on him, and I don't think there would be that much pressure with a healthy Nate Austin. Because I think on the defensive end, you get some stops at the end of games that they're not getting, and and you can win ugly. But this is a team that hasn't been able to win ugly because they're not good enough defensively. And that comes back to not having a veteran defensive guy in the post. So what has to happen? They either need to get Austin back and, and, and be able to win a couple ugly games or Fisher has to go on a streak right now where he doesn't have a dip down and, and have a terrible game shooting. And I don't know how much impact his non-shooting hand injury had on him the other night, but he certainly didn't look like himself. And, and when, he's not, when they're just not going out and winning pretty and outscoring teams, they have not shown me or anybody that they're good enough to grind out an ugly win and, and get the stops they need to get down the stretch to win a ball game. I believe that Nate Austin could help him do that, but he's just we, – we keep expecting him, and he tries to come back and tweak that thing. So that, that's the story right there. Fisher's yeah. got to be lights out. Yeah, close, games, close games have not been favorable to BYU. I believe in games decided by seven points or less, and they haven't lost a game by more than seven. The Cougs just three and seven. Now, here's the thing, Blaine. When BYU's three-point shot isn't falling, three for 15 against San Diego on Saturday, Dave Rose called it a recipe for disaster. Yeah, we can all see that. Well, then they try and go to the rim, but in the West Coast Conference, BYU's not getting consistently as many calls as they want at the rim. What in the world can BYU do if they're not knocking down threes and they're not getting calls at the rim? They, they have to get stops. And, and here's, here's the issue they have. This is where Nate Austin is so important to them, because I don't even care if Nate Austin scores. Uh, they, they struggle to get defensive boards in important critical times when another team who maybe be, because they want to stop BYU's transition games, sends another player back. At the end of games, when it's coming down to it, they go, you know what, we're sending an extra guy to the board. We need offensive boards. And and then BYU gives up offensive boards in clutch times. Nate Austin helps prevent that. He's a very good rebounder. He understands positioning. But more importantly, he's so smart and so experienced defensively. He's an excellent help defender. Because people go, well, Nate Austin wouldn't do anything in defending three-pointers. Heck, yeah, he does. Because when you know you have him – he understands angles. He understands defensive rotations. You know when you're defending on the perimeter, I can push up a little more aggressively on a three-point shooter because if they get by me off the dribble, I funnel him to Nate. He's going to do the proper rotation on time without hesitation and cut him off, and we're not going to give up a bucket. And so when you don't have that confidence, you play a little more tentative on the perimeter. you got to come out a little more under control. And so a good interior guy that's smart and understands what he's supposed to do and help defense makes you better overall, even defending the perimeter. And so, so without that, they're down to you better knock down shots. You just have to outscore people. And so, I don't know, we need to go down there and lay them and, like, massage his hamstrings with calves milk, whatever we need to do. <laughs> Let's just get that guy back. And I think that that makes them so much better defensively, even if he doesn't score a point. I'm not volunteering for that. I just want, I just want to make that clear <laughs> to everyone right now uh, that I, I'm not going to do that. It, I, my big question with BYU in the NCAA tournament, as I take a step back, is just look at the WCC. To me, it's a one-and-a-half uh, bid league, right? So yeah, maybe yeah. that second team gets in. And that second team is not BYU. St. Mary's is going to have to collapse, for, I think, for BYU to get in. Well, BYU is going to have to beat them 
so that, Twice, that they have split. Yeah. So that they're, they're split. Then the deciding factor is going to be getting to that semifinal game and beating them again. Because weeks from then today. when the NCAA tournament committee is looking at it and they're two and one head to head, um, and, and BYU has 25 wins at that point. And a better RPI, now, maybe. Yeah, now BYU gets in. Now BYU gets in. But if even if they beat St. Mary's at home here coming up in a, in a, in a bit, and they lose to him in the semifinals, St. Mary's is going, not BYU. Yes. So, so it, it, but here's the problem. You can't lose a game against Loyola on the road or against Portland at home. or they can't Against San anybody. Come in be, yeah, so, so their margin for error is zero right now, other than Gonzaga. And they, they need to play the Zags in the final. And so that's, that's a tough thing to ask. But we know this team is capable of doing it. They just can't have an off night. And, and I don't know what – I mean, have you heard what Nate's status is this week? Because that would help a lot. He's that being reevaluated that. today. That's, that's all we to know. To me, he's just out until he actually shows up and the ball yeah. is tipped and he didn't tear his hamstring again, you know? It's, it's so frustrating because he, he's good enough defensively that he gives him a little bit of margin for error. So Chase Fisher can maybe have a little bit of an off night but they get six more stops because Nate's there, and now they still win a ball. Or they get three more offensive rebounds because right. Nate's there. A charge, or, a jump or ball. They up, or they give up four less offensive boards and, second, and eight second-chance points in a game because he's in there. And, and you bring up a really good point, Jerem. The sign of a really good defender. So Nate, Nate's not more athletic than Kafusi. He's not a better athlete than Kafusi. But, but Kafusi hasn't played. Corbin hasn't played enough to really understand all the angles of the game that Nate Austin does. He's a really smart defender. He knows when to go and go after a shot. He knows when to step in there and set his feet and take a charge. How many times have we seen him take a charge, Jerem? So your point about taking a charge, that's, that creates a turnover and a missed opportunity for an offense. And so, yeah, they have guys. I, I think that Kafusi's going to be really, really good, but he's a year away from, from – you know, having that experience where he knows exactly what to do. And that's what Nate Austin brings. Absolutely. Experienced defender. And so with him back, little more margin for error offensively. Without him, they have to shoot lights out and outscore people. And that's a scary thought. Yeah, Nate's the only senior big guy on this team. Okay, think about that. Luke Worthington is your veteran post player right now. He's a sophomore. Then you have three freshmen, Kafusi, Nielsen, and... Who else is there? And somebody else. Andrus. Andrus. Uh. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing, too. And it's not just his help defense down, down inside. Nate is the best big guy at defending ball screens so the pick and roll high. He's the best guy. He comes out. He understands when they want him to show hard and, and, and make that point guard or whoever's handling the ball bubble back. He understands how to get back to his man. And so – the overall defensive concept for this team is much better when you have a really smart guy that understands what you're supposed to do out there. So it's not just about athletic ability because they have young guys that are certainly athletic enough to have that kind of an impact, but they just don't at this point. We, we're really starting to appreciate as we look back how important a guy like Nate Austin is defensively to this basketball team. Blaine, we just got an update regarding uh, Nate Austin's status. Gregor Bell just uh, finished filming the web webisode for this week and tweeted the following. Uh, Nate Austin, regarding Nate Austin, Dave Rose said if he had to make a projection regarding his status, he'd be leaning more toward Nate not returning this season. Wow. Mm. Uh, 
This so, de- this conversation is depressing me quite a bit, by the wow. way. Yeah, that's see that that hurts. And you know, people have been for the last couple of years. Oh, Nate Austin, if he could just score, if he could just, we need a back to the basket guy. They have no idea how important he is defensively to this team, and so that's that's a disappointing comment. So so what does that mean? It goes back to this: the guards have to dig down deep and try to stay in front of their guys better. So they've got to play better defense and get some stops. They've got they've got to find a way to get the effort level up enough and be smart enough to stay in front of guys and not let them break them down off the dribble. And then they can't have an off night shooting. So that's that's asking a lot. The margin for error is really really thin. Can they do it? Yeah, they they can do it. I I won't be surprised if they beat everybody but Gonzaga. But that is a tough thing to ask. The the only the only good thing is is that their home away mix is a good one. The, the teams that they have at home are the scarier teams. On the road, I think they can beat Pepperdine Loyola on the road. I think they can beat Portland on the road as long as they don't go off crazy like they did last year in that. In that Bobby um, Sharp that is not making uh, six threes. Yeah, he's not doing that like he did. <laughs> maybe, so, maybe, who knows? So if you look at who they're playing, they should win every game with Gonzaga. We've seen that they don't win every game they should win because when they get a game like San Diego and they they don't shoot it lights out, they lose on the road. So so it's yeah, it's it's a long shot, guys. It's a long shot. It's not impossible. It won't completely surprise me, but it's a it's a tough task ahead of these guys right now. It's just a different feel than last year. I, the, I'm an optimistic person. I I was more optimistic last year about BYU's ability to make a tournament run in the back half of play because they just weren't dealing with as many injuries. And this Nate Austin news is like, ugh, ugh. And you had variety. You had Eric Meek in the post and whatnot. Yeah, Blaine. yeah and so, so Mika could give you – Mika was a very good rebounder, and he, they had a different dimension offensively. When they weren't knocking down shots last year, they could dump it down into the post, and then Mika could either score because he's very skilled offensively for a young guy – or he demanded a double team, and then you could kick it out to a wide-open shooter, whether that's a mid-range jumper or, or a three-point shot. You get more open shots when you've got a post presence that's a scoring presence. and So they don't have either this year. Um, and what we were relying on was the extra shooting of Chase Fisher and the defensive prowess of Nate Austin. And the shooting's been up and down for Chase, and the defense for Nate's not been there because he's been hurt. I mean, that's the deal. That's the difference between this year and last year. Blaine Fowler will be on the call with me Saturday against Santa Clara. That could be a third-place game in the West Coast Conference, believe it or not. Seems like an yeah, eternity I'm... ago that BYU housed Santa Clara at the Levy Center in the Bay Area. You would, you would have to think, because I did that game over there, that, that BYU's all up in their heads right now. Because that, that was a humbling for them over there, and it was a home game for BYU at the place. Well, the Cougs and so, yeah. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder coming in, but they're also going to have doubt in their mind. So I, I like BYU's chances this week. Um, but, man, oh, man, the margin for error is thin, guys. Very, very thin. All right, Blaine, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you on Saturday. Hey, guys, thanks. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, more of your tweets. Where will BYU hoops be come Selection Sunday? An overwhelming amount of you are saying NIT. I don't even know what that means. Is that a tournament? (laughs) Is that a basketball thing? Is that even sports? And I what? And now, 
Back to more BYU Sports Nation. Choo-choo. <laughs> the 12-year-old version of you. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Yeah, Download yeah. the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUSportsNation.com. You sound like that one dude from Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. It's kind of the blue goggle voice. I'm not yeah. sure. Hey, coming up uh, Thursday night, BYU hosts San Francisco on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Announcers will be in-house, I believe. Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headline, starting with the news that we just found out via Greg Rebell about Nate Austin and his potential return for this season. Just tweeted the following. They finished uh, taping the webisode for this week. He said, uh, regarding Nate Austin, Dave Rose said if he had to make a projection regarding his status, he'd be leaning more towards Nate not returning this season. The next tweet. Rose is not ruling Austin out and said things have to play themselves out, but when asked for his feel, just said that was his inclination. Uh, Rose told us on last week's radio show, Rebel continues, that after Austin's re-entry, he addressed with him the possibility of a shutdown and hardship waiver, meaning medical redshirt. You can't apply for that until after the year. So you wouldn't, there's a chance they, they just shut him down, hope that he gets it, and he doesn't get it. You can play a third of the season, right? It's like one. It's really com- the there's season. all sorts of elements. One of them is like you can't pay more than twenty percent of the season. Okay. Also, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know the details of that. BYU will apply. They'll figure it out. But I, I mean, our whole conversation with Blaine right there was, oh, if Nate Austin gets back healthy, this will do X, Y, Z. That just goes out the window. Optimism- if he misses the yeah. whole time. Well, I'm not going to lie. My my optimism is that if Nate comes back, you have a chance to do is this because I'm thinking, well. BYU is a different team with Nate Austin. They are, and we've talked about all the reasons why. And Nate, Ugh. and Nate, in the in the eyes of the fans, is finally getting recognition for what he does as a player. He has been underappreciated the last three years by lots of people, including myself. And so it's nice to see that Nate gets that attention. However, Nate's hurt and cannot have any impact on any of the games if he's out of out of the game, and that is a huge deal for BYU. I didn't think at the beginning of the season I would ever say the words Nate Austin being out is a huge deal for BYU, but it's so true. Can I throw something? Yeah. You're the guy that throws things. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it! <laughs> Captain Optimism is cracked. I just... No, it's really frustrating. It really is. Because BYU is capable of doing good things with this team. This guard lineup, uber talented. This guard really lineup talented. beat yeah. Stanford. You have this... two professional players on this team, at least. This guard at lineup some level. Sh- probably should have beat Gonzaga at home. They were in position to beat Gonzaga at home. Okay, this guard lineup. So they have the potential... But I 100% admit, I was hanging my hat on the fact that they have this guard lineup and there's a chance that Nate Austin gets back for some crucial games. A la St. Mary's. By February 12th. To defend 12th. Brad Waldo. Yes. And, and he still could. That's, Dave uh, Rose is leaning that way. It doesn't mean it's totally over. It's not, but, yeah. but that doesn't sound good. And, and remember, okay, Tyler Haas said this after the game Saturday. This is kind of a turning point for us. We've got to decide how this season's going to go. We have some things to fix and address, and we're going to do it. We're going to turn it around. Tyler Hawes, after the San Diego game, uh, in the Deseret News. I believe, man. I mean, the, the I would believe more with Nate Austin, I'll be the honest. The opportunity is there. The opportunity is there. Can Nick Emery play right now? <laughs> Can Eric Mika Do they need another three-point shooter, mission? though? That's that the thing. thing. Like, they, <laughs> no, they need some inside right. defensive help, and... It's, I mean, the coaches know, the players know. That's, that's what they're working on trying to get better at right now is inside defense and rebounding. You wonder, too, how much uh, 
the coaching staff expected Jamal Ace to contribute because he got an ankle injury in uh, kind of fall practice there, some lingering stuff from the summer, and then had surgery and then wasn't involved. So all of a sudden, things changed. And BYU and the injury bug bit basketball again. Where will BYU Hoops become Selection Sunday? At J-Man 426 says, next four out. They're not even there right now, according to Joe Lunardi's latest bracketology. We'll take a look at what might happen in the next eight games next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. My name is Spencer. He is Jerem. Hey, coming up Wednesday, February 4th, football signing day coverage on BYU TV. No one will have what we've got going. Noon Eastern, BYU Sports Nation, live reaction and coverage of signees as they come in via the facts. 3 Eastern, BYUtv.org press conference with Bronco Mendenhall. Then at 4 Eastern, a special BYU Sports Nation hour long with Bronco Mendenhall breaking down all the signees, get to know these guys, and hear it from the horse's mouth. That's Wednesday, February 4th on BYU TV. When was, when was the facsimile created? Like 1914? Is that what it's short for? Facsimile? I'm pretty it's sure, similar. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I didn't know that. Um, that's all. Yeah, I don't know. Why is that a thing? Why can't it be like scanned or just like a picture <laughs> sent in? Uh, why is that's the number one question They've for Bronco? They've got to have something tangible is, in hand. Why is, let's talk to compliance, too. We should have them on for one question, and it's, why is fax still a thing in Look, the day? NCAA has not exactly been the fastest <laughs> organization when it comes to getting with the times. The college football playoff took like 75 years to implement. We, like that we just got that. Guys, I have a great idea. We're going to do this in 40 years. <laughs> it's, it's so true. That's such a subtle shot. Or not so subtle. It's not subtle at, at the all, NCAA. Man. man. Indianapolis, what up? Yeah, you know what we need to do right now? We need to play more or less. More or less on BYU Sports Nation. It's pretty self-explanatory. We throw out a scenario. Jeremy and I decide whether or not there will be more or less of that thing. It is a next eight-game BYU basketball special. Number one. More or less than seven wins for BYU in the next eight games. Jeremy, you want to go first? This is tough. I want to say more because okay, we can't pick seven in this situation. So it would be while you go six and two. Chances are, uh, BYU's got a shot. I'll go less. I, I just, without Nate Austin, it's going to be a tough road. So that puts BYU at a max six and two in that situation. <sighs> less than seven. I hate saying that, but that's what I actually think without Nate Austin. Well, I can't go against everything I stand for and believe in. <laughs> Give me the blue goggles. Okay. Give which, me the, which ones? Give me both. I need both after hearing this Nate Austin news. Okay. More. BYU will go 8-0. Those are just silly. <laughs> in their next eight games. 8-0. The wow. Cougars, with that guard lineup, can and will win the next eight games. I love that you cover, cover yourself by uh, putting on the goggles when you say that stuff. <laughs> oh, it's with the goggles on. It's a sa- it was with the goggles it's on. It's a safety net. You, it's a safety If net. you got a tattoo, it would be the blue goggles around your eyes. Why not? If, look, the ch- is the chance still there, even without Nate Austin? Yes. Number two. More or less than .5 games played in the next eight for Nate Austin. Why don't you go first again, Jerem? I'll go less. Oh. Uh, based on the news that we just heard a moment ago, if you missed it, Greg Rubel tweeting, um, some thoughts from Dave Rose, leaning on the, if you had to guess, probably not seeing Nate Austin the rest of the season. I'll go, I'll go less. I'll go zero. Again, it's not set in stone, so for the time being, I'm going to go with more. Nate Austin can still opt to play this season. 
And who knows with a hamstring? And it's you not even know. up to him. It's up to his hamstring, You right? don't know. It might feel good. It might feel really good in the next few weeks. There needs to be a fast for Nate Austin's hamstring. <laughs> BYU Things, only BYU TV stuff, collective. people say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm going to say more. I think, I think Nate is really determined to help Tyler House go out the bang and get this team to the NCAA tournament. We know Nate, and he wants to get back, and the, the fact that he tweaked it is because he was trying hard to get back. I promise you. Number three. More or less than one triple-double by Kyle Collinsworth in the next eight games. Oof. I'm going to go first here, and I'm going to say more because the likelihood of Nate Austin not playing in a number of those games yep. increases the ability of Kyle Collinsworth to get a triple-double. More. I, so I agree I as could well. see two triple-doubles on the next day, especially if Nate Austin is not playing. Absolutely, and that's the reason. I mean, Plus, I think Kyle Collinsworth will, will realize, okay, if there's no Nate, no Nate, I'm going to have to continue to do produce more. at a high level. Only had three assists on Saturday. That number's got to be higher for the point guard for BYU, especially when the ball's in his hands so much. I see Tyler Hawes raising his game. I see Kyle Collinsworth raising his game. The question is, who else joins them? Who else will contribute? Will Chase Fisher be there? Will Anson Winder be there? We don't know how, how his knee felt after the game. Will someone else show up? Dalton Nixon had a nice game. BYU needs more from more dudes. Got to be the Fisher King, man. Someone just said it is Fast Sunday this week. So Number four. More or less than four games of 25-plus points by Tyler Haas. I'm going more, baby. Okay, Tyler Haas, after reading that quote and understanding who he is and what he wants to do with his last year and and past Jimmer and all that stuff, Tyler Haas, he's he's going into that mode, Jerem. Beast mode. He's going beast mode. He might score 25-plus in every single game remaining on the schedule. Who knows? Okay, at Gonzaga will be tough, but... If he goes 25-plus on the next eight games, BYU's got a great chance of going 8-0. And I think he's going to try and do that. He takes good shots. BYU will try and get him uh, in rhythm, in system. He, he struggled for a lot of the San Diego game. Then got, he got to 20 in the end. Tyler Haas will go more. He will go more. of. Uh, I, I think he'll have two games of 30-plus. I'm calling that. He's going to go off in two games. It might oh, not be the games hey. you expect. It might be against the lesser opponents when... BYU needs to just put the foot, down, uh, the pedal down, their foot down. <laughs> oh, at uh, FR Ruiz eight hundred one. I totally up. get that tattoo. Let's go, Spencer. Woo! I'm put staying those babies on. No thanks. I'll just wear them occasionally. Tyler Haas in line for another award. We'll hey, tell no. you what it is next in the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, oh, hey, no. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. I was not built to say these words. BYU lost to San Diego 77-74. Tyler Haas had a game-high 20 points. Kyle Collingsworth had 13 points, 9 boards, 3 assists. Fire in the gut. Cougars nice. San Francisco Thursday night. Also, Tyler Haas is one of 30 candidates for the Senior Class Award given to a player who's awesome on the court and in the community and classroom. Men's Volleyball. The fourth-ranked Cougars split the weekend with UC Santa Barbara, losing in three on Friday and winning in five on Saturday. BYU Volleyball. hosts the powerhouse UC San Diego Friday Different and Saturday. School. Different school. Women's Basketball. BYU held on to win 54-50 against San Diego Saturday. Lexington scored 16. Jojan Harry scored 13 in the win. BYU plays at San Francisco Thursday night. Rugby. The top-ranked national champs beat Utah. Yeah. yeah. Somebody. Woo! In the non-Wasatch Cup. That's later. That's later, yeah. In St. George, 50-22, to the Cougars play Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Luis. and Dixie in Mesquite this Saturday. Yes. Awesome. 
Louis. Track and field. Both the men and women were at the Air Force Invitation over the weekend. The men took first, the women took third. This weekend's the Armory Invitational in New York for part of the team, the Washington Invitational for the other part of the team. Swimming and diving. The men and women hosted Denver. The men won. Women lost. Pioneers. This week, the women divers will be at the Air Force Invite while the swimmers are at the Grand Canyon. That's in Phoenix. Gymnastics. BYU put up a season high 195.3. That's good. Against Utah State Friday. BYU competes against Southern Utah this Friday. Football. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 222. There's always hope of football season. I love basketball season, though. Let's just get it together. Let's just get it together and go to the NCAA tournament, man. Because yes. two of the eight sites are Portland and Seattle. There's a 25% chance BYU would go to the Northwest. The tournament train stops in Portland, baby. <laughs> or anywhere. I don't care. I you, don't care where it is. You, you can play can in Murfreesboro, Tennessee again for all I care. Just get in the NCAA tournament. All right? Just get there. Future guest, Jeff Judkins. Judy. His team victorious on Saturday. Thanks to the BYU Sports Nation Karma. We gave his assistant coach, Dan Nielsen. And Brian Big B Keel is back on the show to discuss BYU football. Exciting. And I'm sure he'll have a few things to say about the basketball team as well. Today's Rise and Shout. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets the Rise and Shout, Jerem? Who deserves it? I know you're thinking San Diego, man. How about, uh, how about the rugby team? Yeah, beating the Utah. The national champs are undefeated, and they back keep winning. Back-to-back-to-back to back to back hey, national champs. At DRAS24, he works as a compliance officer, is that what you call him, in, uh, for Brigham Athletics. NLIs don't have to be faxed anymore. They can be scanned and emailed. Oh, well, there you go. So, Problem like, solved. My follow-up question there is, what prevents you from doing it to multiple schools? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll find that out. We'll Where will know. BYU become Selection Sunday? You decide. Join the conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. Thanks to Blaine Fowler and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation, please. This is a great tweet from Matt Plan at BYU. BYU's NCAA hopes are in the same place their big men are. Nowhere to be found. <laughs> hey, hey! Come on! That's mean, but... The show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN and BYUSportsNation.com. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Frank Bartley II.